Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday. We're doing our preview podcast a little bit earlier in the week than we normally do because, of course, USC's playing on a Friday night this weekend, going to Folsom Field to take on the Colorado Buffaloes. Beautiful Boulder, Colorado. If you've not been, it is a great trip. I've already mentioned this a couple of times. Ralphie, my favorite thing. In college football, the buffalo that runs around the field before the game, it's an awesome sight to see. So looking forward to going out there. Our whole uscfootball.com team, or most of them, will be out there. Myself, Dan Weber, Keely Yor, Shotgun Spratling will be there covering the game, giving you the latest and greatest of what's going on. We'll have Keely on video. We'll have Shotgun taking photos. Dan and I will be in the press box getting our insights. We'll all do interviews and stuff after the game. So we'll have wall-to-wall coverage of USC versus Colorado. Obviously, it's important for an important game for USC because one, USC is 0-3 on the road this year, and two, it's a Pac-12 South game. The Trojans can't afford to lose this one. We have in our power rankings this this week for the uh, 24-7 sports, we do a Pac-12 power rankings poll. Colorado is the number 12 team. Now, to be fair, the teams from 7 to 12, you could almost flip around, interchange, doesn't really matter. But uh, this has not been a great Colorado team. They have a three-game losing streak. So we're going to preview that with uh, my buddy Adam Munster-Tiger, who does a great job covering the Colorado Buffaloes. We'll get to him in a minute. After that, we'll have a, uh, a little quick break after we talk to him. Then a segment on uh, some of your questions that have come in later after our other podcast. I know the timetable, like I said, got moved up a little bit this week. Because, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on and there's an early game. So we moved everything up. Some people have sent in some questions late that normally we get in for our Tuesday show that wasn't able to do that. So I will do my best to answer all those questions solo. I hope you got to listen to our Taylor Mays interview. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I had him come on because Harvey Hyde was a little under the weather. We had Dan Weber and Keely Yor on this week as well. This podcast, and then don't forget, uh, so Thursday night this week, because it's a Friday night game, Thursday night, it's either going to be 11 p.m. or midnight. I'm not exactly sure, but you know the earliest. So it'll roll right into game day. We will have our Peristyle pregame show, and uh, that's when we get Taylor Mays on. Adam Munster-Tiger will be on that one as well. Keely, Shotgun, and myself will all go in there previewing the game. We'll get interviews from practice and uh, play all that stuff for you. So it's a great one-hour, perfect pregame show for you. It will be on KABC Radio, like I said, either 11 p.m., or midnight. I'm not exactly sure which. I'll find out for sure. Uh, they've kind of moved it around a little bit. And then it will be up as a podcast form on KABC on their site, but also here where you get your Peristyle podcast. So it will be up there. You can check it out. And uh, I think people, we've got a lot of great feedback from it. It's a nice pregame show and you just download it and you're driving your, on your way to the stadium. You're just, you know, an hour before you want to listen to the game throw it in and you'll get to know everything that, that you need to know. If you don't know much about the Colorado Buffaloes, we'll try to Break it all down for you, you know, updates on the injury situations, all that kind of stuff. So we'll do it all here on the uh, Peristyle pregame show. So make sure 
you check that out. All right, let's bring in Adam Munster-Tiger. Follow him on Twitter at AdamCM777. He's the publisher of BuffStampede.com. He's doing that since 2003. Covers the University of Colorado football, basketball, recruiting right here on the 24-7 Sports Network. Thanks for coming on, Adam. Of course, Ryan. It's always great to be on with you. Let's jump right into it. Friday night game uh, in Boulder. I love seeing Ralphie running around. The bottom half of the Pac-12 is just kind of a mess. Uh, depend, you know, where do you think Colorado kind of fits in there? There's some couple good wins early with you know beating Nebraska and ASU, but losing the last three games and the last two in blowout fashion. What do you think has gone wrong for the Colorado Buffalo squad lately? Well, a number of things. Definitely, injury started to mount up there um, before they lost. So. On September 21st, they go on the road. They beat Arizona State on the road. Surprise everybody there. And they're getting votes in, in both polls. And I think in our Pac-12 power rankings, they were sixth. And so things were looking really good. In that Arizona game, though, there were – in that Arizona State game, I should say, it, it seemed like every other play, another Colorado Buffalo was getting hurt and, and dragged off the field. They came into their home matchup against Arizona, really banged up. And Khalil Tate, for whatever reason – in each of his three games against the Buffs has just absolutely owned them. It, uh, I think he just gets up for playing the Buffs for whatever reason, and so that was obviously a disappointing result. But even with all those injuries, they only lost that game by five points. So hadn't really fallen off the tracks yet, but then they have to go on the road on a short week to Oregon. As we've seen uh, you know, ever since the, the Auburn game, Oregon has been playing at a, a, an elite level on defense, and in Colorado's defense just hasn't been able to stop anybody. So a uh, sequence of things at the end of that first half and things kind of snowballed on them. And we expected this team to bounce back going out to Washington State last week and just a miserable atmosphere out there with the weather. It was kind of sleet, uh, really cold rain. And Montez has never played. Steven Montez, a CU's quarterback, has never played well in bad weather. And again, they just have not been able to stop anybody defensively. And they certainly weren't going to stop Mike Leach's offense. So a couple blowout losses now in, in the Buffs return home licking their wounds. This is the first time in a while they haven't had to travel. It's still a short week, but uh, obviously they're excited to get back out there in front, in front of the home crowd. Steve Montes has been a guy that's bounced back in his career. Uh, we'll see if that happens again this year. It's been really disappointing. Uh, the first five weeks, he throws 10 touchdowns, just two interceptions. The last two weeks, though, he's been abysmal. Zero touchdowns, six interceptions. So they need him to get back on track if they're going to have any chance to to rally things this season and have a chance at a bowl game. Yeah, I like uh, the fifth-year senior a lot, Stephen Montez. I know Mel Tucker said he's still very confident. What does he need to do to, to get back to that early part of the season where he was throwing more touchdowns and interceptions? And it's just not been that way, like you said, the last two games. He just needs to trust his protection a little bit better. You know, he's bailing out sometimes earlier than he needs to. It's been an accuracy issue, uh, which... Again, for whatever reason, he just can't play well in cold weather, and that was the issue. He just missed so many throws out in Pullman this past Saturday. I don't anticipate that being an issue. It's going to be chilly in Folsom Field on Friday night, but it doesn't look like there's going to be any precipitation. Yeah, it's sometimes it's been hard to put your finger on Montez's issues because he does have so much talent. He's got a really strong arm. He, he's fairly athletic. He's not necessarily a dual threat, but he can move around a little bit in the pocket. Just for whatever reason, the inconsistency just has not really been there from him from half to half, week to week throughout his college career. The one thing I will say, though, again, is when he's had one bad performance, he usually bounces back. This is really... The first time we've seen him with really, really bad performances back-to-back -back weeks. So kind of expect him to bounce back this week. 
but uh, yeah, it's just hard to predict. He, he's been a very uh, inconsistent guy throughout his career, which has been very frustrating for fans, again, because he does have so much talent. I mean, this is a guy that he still has a chance to get drafted. It certainly hasn't helped his cause the last two weeks, but the talent is there. He just, he just needs to put it together. And for whatever reason, he has, has struggled to do that throughout his college career. You'd mentioned Khalil Tate. USC saw him last weekend. He hasn't been the same since Kevin Sumlin and the new coaching staff took over and Noel Mazzoni. Uh, he's just not looked the same as he did in 2017. LaVisca Chenault, I don't know, is it a similar sort of thing where a lot of people felt he's the best player in the Pac-12, just hasn't had the kind of production this year. I know he's been banged up, but what, what do you think is the issue with LaVisca Chenault look, not looking like the dominant player that we saw last year? Well, the first three weeks the other team was just focused on taking him out of the mix. And so they were bracketing him. And, you know, fortunately for Colorado, Tony Brown really emerged. He's a senior wide receiver. And uh, in that Arizona State win they had, he had three really impressive touchdown catches. He had the game-tying touchdown against Nebraska that pushed it into overtime. So he kind of took advantage from other teams really focusing in on LaVisca Chenault. And then week four in their conference opener at Arizona State, Early in the game, he gets taken down kind of awkwardly, and he suffers an abdomen issue. And so that kept him out of the mix for a little while. You know, last week he told us that he was still not 100%. So he's been dealing with that. Last week at Wazoo, Steve Amantes just missed a bunch of throws. They had LaVisca Chanel wide open in the end zone. He overthrew him misthrew him on some other occasions. So I don't put that as much on LaVisca Chanel last week. So it was other teams really focusing in on him early. Then he got hurt. And then last week, Montez wasn't able to, to get the ball to him, uh, just misthrew a bunch of throws. So uh, I expect him to break out one of these weeks. Because, <laughs> yeah, he led the entire country in, in receptions per game last year. Did suffer, you know, had a, he suffered a turf toe injury down at USC last year. So he was hurt some of last year as well. So it's been a durable issue with him a little bit. Um, I expect it's got to happen pretty soon that he's going to have one of these breakout games because he's just too talented for that not to happen. Even with the passing game struggling a little bit, the run game looked like it's improved for Colorado this year. Yeah, it was early in the game. They're picking up six, seven yards per run. Uh, Alex Fontenot, their starting running back, actually ended the day averaging 9.5 yards per rush, yet he only got 11 attempts. It didn't make much sense. Uh, they would get down in the red zone and they'd start ha- you know, calling some of these pass plays. Well, Montez just didn't have it on Saturday, so it was it was head-scratching that they didn't just stick with the ground game more. I know you look at this game this Friday night, I know run defense has been one of the things USC struggled with this year. You Again, don't outsmart yourself. It's If it's working... Uh, just keep running the ball. And, and when they've done that at times this year, they've been pretty successful. So not household names, but Alex Fontenot is a sophomore guy that at running back that's played pretty well. Jaron Mangum, his backup, uh, more of a physical type back that has been pretty efficient this year. And even Deion Smith, their third string running back, has shown some burst this year. So they need to feed those guys more than they have here because it's been working when they do. New head coach Mel Tucker is a defensive guy coming out of the SEC country. It's got to bother him that Colorado's given up at least 30 points in every game this year. And you, you mentioned, in, I think, on Twitter that all the way back uh, the last 12 games, Colorado's given up at least 30 points. Exactly. So, yeah, this was a problem before Mel Tucker got here. And I don't care who came in as their head coach, as their defense coordinator this year. This defense was not going to be any good. They only returned one defense alignment uh, and a good one at that in Mustafa Johnson that had really any significant experience on their defensive line. Uh, they did return Nate Lamb and a, a talented inside linebacker, but nothing else really returning there. And then on the back end, he even had to go to the transfer portal to bring in uh, Mikhail Uno uh, as a safety. Uh, he's been really good for them, but they didn't have much at all there in the secondary you know, when they inherited. And then 
They've had injuries. They've had two of their top three cornerbacks go down to a season-ending injury. So they have Delroy Gabrams, who's, who's pretty good at one of those spots, and then uh, K.J. Trujillo, a true freshman that I, I know USC had given a look to there late in the recruiting process last cycle. Is There are other starter. I mean, this is a guy that, that came into the season fourth on the depth chart, and now he's a starter, you know, thrown into the fire there. They only have one backup scholarship guy at, at cornerback right now, another true freshman. So if they get one injury there, uh, they're, they're in trouble. If they get two injuries, I don't even know who they're going to put out there, to be honest with you. So very thin at cornerback, and it's just going to take them time. They, they have more of a multiple defense that has taken time for even the veteran guys to learn. Uh, it was a pretty simple system what they ran under Mike McIntyre. So it's been an adjustment on that level, too. So uh, you, knew, you knew this defense was going to struggle this year. You knew in order for them to win a lot of games, they were going to have to win out and shoot out fashion. And like we talked about, Montez's struggles the last two weeks has been the issue more so. I mean, the defense is an issue, but we knew it was going to be an issue. Uh, so it's it's on the offense to to really outscore people, and they just haven't been doing that here recently. Talk some offense, defense. What about special teams? Any standouts there? Strong, you know, strengths of these units or weaknesses of these units? Yeah, Alex Kinney is a, is a fifth year senior punter that that's been really consistent. Been in a couple of their games has been one of the few bright spots for them. Their place kicker James Stefano, a 32 year old from Australia, actually started out the season making nine in a row, which tied Mason Crosby, who has uh, been a, obviously a great Green Bay Packer for the school record for for most made field goals in a row, but he struggled here recently, missed three in the last couple games. So uh, he was one of the few bright spots again early in the season, and now he's even been struggling. But the the, the weather was an issue out in Pullman. I would think, you know, he'll get back on track at this season. He, this season, he's pretty pretty talented there. Uh, returners haven't seen a whole lot of explosive plays out of that that unit this year. They're, they're pretty solid on special teams overall. The uh, short week, but Mel Tucker, you know, not really happy with the three-game losing streak, seems to uh, step up the intensity of practice this week is that kind of what was going on there just trying to reverse the team's fortunes from what's happened the last few weeks yeah i mean they're, they're trying everything they can to right the ship it's you got to applaud a coaching staff for for uh not making excuses for the injuries that was something that mike mcintyre and his staff were were known for was always giving an excuse for why they weren't playing well mel tucker's not doing that uh he had the entire team watch the the, the tape of the washington state game so to try to avoid there from being finger pointing because it was like, Hey, there's, there's issues on both sides of the ball. So uh, we all need to get better. And so they've been doing the right things, but again, it really is a talent depth and inexperience issue with this football team. I, I do think, you know, some of the teams coming up on their schedule that they they'll have a chance to win another game or two, but uh, it's just going to take some time for this coaching staff to, to really, uh, you know, develop a winning culture w- within this program. We've seen, Three, three transfers that announced this week. So uh, they're definitely still weeding guys out and trying to get the guys and figure out who is 100% in with both feet and, and kind of move forward from there. Colorado's never uh, defeated USC. What do you think is going to have to happen Friday night for that to change? Well, no doubt Montez is, is going to have to play like the fifth-year senior that, that we expected him to play with more consistency throughout the season but just haven't seen. Got to, you know, mention it at some point LaVisca Chanel is going to have a breakout game I don't know if it's going to be this week if it is that would be huge USC again every team is going to score points against this Colorado team I'd be surprised if that 30 or more points allowed streak doesn't continue all throughout the rest of the season so it's on this offense we've seen some uh, untimely false start penalties that have killed drives they brought in officials this week uh, to try to you know 
call guys out when they make mistakes in practice. Again, this coaching staff trying to do everything they can, to, but it's almost like uh, you know they, they put their finger in one hole that's leaking and another one starts. So uh, it, it's on this offense to score a lot of points on Friday night if they want to have any chance against USC. Adam does a great job covering the Colorado Buffaloes for buffstampede.com. Make sure you check out his stuff. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. All right, we're going to take a quick break and come right back, and I'll answer all of your USC football questions heading into USC versus Colorado. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Before we jump into your questions, I want to tell everyone about my bookie. Want to put your extensive sports knowledge to the test? You can get it done with my bookie. The college football season is already more than half over. The NFL is in full swing right behind it. It's also time for the NBA and NHL to start, so it's a perfect time to get off the sidelines and get into the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of person who likes to bet a little and win a lot, maybe try a parlay. Put your locks in for the week. Put them together in one parlay bet, and they all when they all come through, the rewards will be huge. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to MyBookie. No one gives you more ways to win. The best part is, if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit up to $1,000. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit you can use on all of your favorite picks. So use promo code PARASTYLE. To activate the offer, that's promo code PARASTYLE to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's jump into the questions. You guys sent in a bunch of stuff here. So I got a text message. It said, hey, Ryan and crew, just wanted to say that I really enjoyed your podcast with Taylor Mays and looking forward to hear more from you guys and Taylor in the future. Thanks for all you do. Rick from LA, the USC band alum. Fight on. Uh, Thanks, Rick. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, Taylor's been great. So uh, if you guys don't know, so he's uh, retired from the NFL, sort of kind of figuring out what he wants to do with his life. He had uh, texted me and asked me if he could do some stuff with the site. And uh, we did some stuff similar with Max Brown. And he, you know, he's turned that into, uh, he's got a career in New York. And he's also uh, on the uh, on the, the USC radio broadcast. So he's doing a great job with that. I think Taylor, you know, he's trying to explore some things. So we've had him on. This podcast, a couple times, uh, he's on our Peristyle pregame show, which I mentioned earlier. So he's a, a main part of that. He does a whole segment with Keely Yor. So make sure you check that out. So that's part of this podcast feed as well. And then he, we have him on Tunnel Vision occasionally, which is our live show. He was on this past week. Um, so if you don't check that out, that's on our YouTube page. It's our Facebook page. And Periscope, if you just follow me on Twitter at Inside Troy. Uh, with your periscopes at like a live video feed. So there's a lot of, there's three different uh, platforms you can watch. Tunnel Vision, we do Thursday nights and Sunday nights. So make sure you check that out. But Taylor was on and he's always great. It's just awesome to have a former player perspective. And, you know, he's someone that played at a very high level, played in the NFL, uh, you know, one of the, had one of the fastest 40 times at the NFL Combine, was, a, you know, multiple time All-American at USC. So 
Uh, lots of good stuff from Tyler. Uh, Taylor, sorry, Tyler. Taylor, thanks, uh, thanks, Taylor, for that. And uh, I'm glad you guys enjoy it. We had a long voicemail that I can't play. So if it's going to go more than a minute, we can't play these guys. I'm sorry. Just can't take up the whole show. Bobby from L.A., he says the Arizona game was proof why Clay Helton needs to be fired. It seems a little strange considering USC won 41-14. to 14. Uh, He's talking about the 19 games since Ohio State. The talent is there, but he feels the coaching is not. So he said with this talent, the team should be 7-0, and uh, not 4-3. and Bobby, that's actually a good point. I agree with you there. I think Keely, you said that on our Tunnel Vision show uh, the other night on uh, Sunday night, that this team should be 7-0 and with the talent that they have. Um, certainly shouldn't have lost to BYU and, uh, that, that's a good point, but we can't play like the super long voicemails. We get some really long emails. If you go to write like multiple paragraphs, that's great for the uscfootball.com message boards. Great. Make sure you go over there and post it and check it out. A lot of people will comment on it and get your feedback. We just can't read that kind of stuff here. And then the voicemails, you know, you want to keep them short. They just end up taking too long. People start zoning out. We get a lot of complaints like, Hey, the voicemails are too long. So get to your point. We'd love to play it. It's not a, uh, we can't just let you ramble on for three minutes. So sorry about that. Um, let's go to an email. Brendan in Colorado, speaking of long emails, he sent one that was very, very long. And I, I think I read a couple points on one of the shows, but he said, I shorted it for you, Ryan. Um, he said, these Pete Carroll teams were bigger for, he has two points he's putting out here. Number one is these Pete Carroll teams were bigger than any Helton team could be and had a human highlight reel in returning in Reggie Bush. And yet you see Bush down in the end zone, knowing it's a smart thing to do. Why do we have returning returners trying to do more than is needed? Okay. So yeah, the, the opening. So the first game of the season, you sit, you have uh, Valus Jones get a long return that gets called back because they had two number sevens on the field. If you remember that, that was crazy, but then also 101 yard return. I think they kind of get that home run mentality in their heads. Uh, I think uh, uh, John Baxter, um, yeah, he's not John Baxter. I know I've been critical and stuff of him, but you know his his the way he coaches is to get bigger plays. They try things on special teams, and sometimes it works. You get a big play, and sometimes it fails, and you don't. They're more willing to do a feast or famine kind of thing, and unfortunately, I think there's been more famine than feast. They're willing to do that. For me, when you have a team that's talented, if I'm the head coach, I'm saying, hey, I don't want to take too many risks on special teams. Just do, if I can get it at the 25, give me the 25. Now, if there's a specific reason you're going to return a kick because it's short or whatever, that's fine. But a, a kick to the goal line, don't return it. Just take it at the 25. We see USC constantly do that. I think that's more of the temperament of the special teams coach who – I think has he can do what he wants, uh, according you know with with Clay Helton's approval. Um, I think Clay Helton lets him do that. So it from the outside it looks like he's trying to make bigger plays. And uh, you know for me it just it's not it looks great. You know when the Michael Pittman fake punt return kind of thing goes for a touchdown or the Velas Jones hundred one yard return. But since that hundred one yard return, I haven't charted all of the kickoff returns, but there's been many more that have failed to get to the 25 than have passed it. And there certainly hasn't been anything huge like that one since then. So all those yards, if you add them up, I think that's your, it's a, a net loss um, there. So we'll see. Uh, number two, he said, as a head coach, why are you allowing your staff and players to blast music over your press conference? And why are you celebrating beating Arizona? Like you just want a playoff game fight on beat. Uh, I'm sorry, Brennan in Colorado. Yeah. So, it, well, it's just weird in the locker room. 
that we're in this little press room and it's next to the locker room and there's like these cement walls, but you can still hear them playing music. I'm not going to begrudge players, you know, having a good time after a win. I mean, they, they lost two in a row. They needed to get a win and, and they did. I don't know if they were celebrating it like um, it was, uh, you know, they won a playoff game or anything, but they, you know, they're excited to get a win and they're kids. I'm, you know, let them have some fun. I don't have a problem with that. Thanks for the questions though. Let's see. We got a voicemail. I'm going to play this for you right now. Here you go. Hi, this is Richard from uh, Palm Springs. Just heard that Step is out. And, uh, you know, just when you thought that USC was taking a step in the right direction, this happens. Uh, they've had a several injuries. I think somebody should really look at the strength and conditioning program or the coach. Uh, Arizona was playing with the same amount of players. I don't remember seeing that happen to them, and yes, I know that it happens. It happened with Pete Carroll, uh, but this has just gone on way too long, so USC is now down to what Hilton says as next man up. It's just too bad that we can't say to Clay, it's time for next head coach up. It's time to get rid of him, period. Uh, they're going to have a problem against Colorado. Uh, I hope they can pull it off. Fight on. Enjoy the program. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks, Richard. Uh, what a, a, a nice marquee step pun there. Um, so here's, I don't want people reaching. Do I think that USC needs to go in a different direction with a head coach? Yes. But I don't, I'm not going to come up with more reasons than the reasons that are already there. I, I, I have a hard time blaming Clay Helton for injuries, blaming the strength and conditioning staff for injuries. There was injuries last year. There's injuries this year. Things happen in football. Now, could there be some sort of correlation between how hard you practice and, or, or, you know, you're getting injured during games. I think that some of that can be real. I don't have data on that. My, my thought would be, though, yeah, I think you want to practice harder, not because you're going to get guys injured in practice, but because that toughens them up for the games and maybe you're less likely to get injured. But I'm no expert in that. I'm not going to say, Clay Hilton needs to do that. He should be fired because he's not doing that. No, no idea. But um, I, I don't like it when people try to come up with more excuses to, to uh, this is why you got to fire Clay Helton. I mean, there's injuries that are happening. Maybe there's things they could have done to prevent them. Maybe they've done, you know, above and beyond what you could do to prevent them. They're just freaky things. It's just hard to say. Um, but if I see some some real data, and it, you know, it, there's different going to be philosophies out there. So I'm sure there's some people's philosophies are, hey, practice super hard in practice because it'll make you tougher and you won't get hurt in games. And other people are like, we did that in practice, and then all these guys got hurt. So we think it's better not to do that. I'm, I'm sure there's just different philosophies. I would lean towards the practice harder. That's not what Clay Hilton does. But I'm not really to say all these guys get injured because of the way they practice or their strength and conditioning coach or anything like that. Thanks, Richard, for the voicemail. Let's go to an email, Mike in Santa Barbara. This question is intended. In, so, okay, so Mike here. So Mike wants, if you're going to give us homework, specifically give me homework, it's not going to work. Um we are very, I don't need any sympathy, but we're very busy. We're working all day, every day, creating content, especially in a short week. So when you say, when someone sends an email, like, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to poll every person in the media and I'd like you to do Like, that's just not feasible. Um, so Mike is asking, this question is intended to be answered by each member of your staff. Ryan, Dan, uh, Keeley, uh, Shotgun, Gerald, Haha, Chris, Trevito, Taylor Mays to be answered with their individual opinion. We all hear the talk about Urban Meyer coming to coach USC football next year. Mark Mays says it's a done deal such, such that Urban Meyer moved to LA to be 
to be in a place to take the job. SI says he's going to Dallas. Who knows? Uh, what, what we do know is that every good journalist has their inside sources who do not wish to be named. So mercifully, here's a question. Based on the uh, muffled whisperings behind the scenes from your unnamed sources in the hushed, hollow, cor- hallowed corridors of Heritage Hall, at this moment, what is the percentage of likelihood that Urban Myers named the football coach at USC in 2020? Uh, okay, so he says, for example, 0% is more likely that John McKay comes back. 100% is a done deal. They've ordered the office furniture and new stationery. Thanks, Ryan. I know this will take a little homework on your part to get everyone's opinion. Fight on Mike and Tatum Robert. Yeah, that's the thing, Mike. I'm sitting here in the studio by myself. I'm not going to call all these people and get this for one question. So I will give you my opinion. I think everyone said their their piece before. You know, putting a percentage on things, This is it's not that you're looking for some kind of exact science where it's not that. There's a lot of things that would have to happen. Don't listen to Mark May. He's not. In, he doesn't cover college football anymore. He doesn't know what he's talking about. So... That's ridiculous. I don't know where you're talking about SI is going to Dallas. No. Uh, I know Colin Coward personally. He talked about this on a show today. He's not looking to go to the NFL. Urban Meyer doesn't want to go to the NFL. If he goes anywhere, it's going to be college. And if he goes anywhere in college, it's going to be USC. The question is, health-wise, is he going to be able to do that? We've definitely heard sources tell us that there's no way. He can't do it. Uh, there was some kind of procedure that he can't have anymore to relieve the pressure. There's, I mean, we've heard that side of it before, but we've also heard the side where he really wants to do it and he wants to be the, uh, you know, win a national championship at three, you know, three different universities. No one's ever done that. Like, are you going to get in the number of Saban titles? No, but Saban hasn't won at three places. Um, he's won at two. So, you could beat them in that case. No one's done that before. So there's there's obviously a chance for greatness. There's only so many opportunities. There's only so many places you can win a national championship. I think there's a lot of things at play, but you're not, then you're ignoring the USC side. USC doesn't have an athletic director. We hear things that there's people in the administration right now that wouldn't want someone like Urban Meyer because he would come in and run everything. And that's not what they've wanted. But could those people be gone soon if they, you know, I, so to me, a lot of it depends on, or most of it depends on, or a good portion of it depends on who they hire as an athletic director. The stronger the hire, the more powerful an athletic director, the more likely something like that would happen. The weaker the hire, the less, oh, this is like from a small school somewhere that's at least been an athletic director before. And, and the good thing is he hasn't been a football player at USC before then it's going to be more likely to be more status quo. They wouldn't go out of the out of the USC norm and go get the obvious choice. You get a really strong athletic director, your chances of getting a really strong coach go significantly up. So hopefully that answered your question, Mike. Sorry. That's, uh, if you want to go to the message boards and ask people for their opinion, that's fine. But uh, we can't do that stuff here. You can't like do all kinds of homework and stuff. We're this is a fly by night thing, man. We're not we're not doing like hours and hours of preps for these things. So because we got so much other content we got to put up. All right, Steve uh, USC eighty six from Pasadena says in an email, USC is conducting a search currently for a new athletic director and Dan Guerrero stepping down at UCLA in June twenty twenty. With both of these schools in need of ads, is there an opportunity for collaboration slash coordination? With these hires that could ultimately bring about a leadership change in the Pac-12 conference, I would think the other 10 members of the conference would be angling to bend the ear of the USC or UCLA presidents on this topic. While us Trojan fans bemoan Clay Helton's performance, I believe Larry Scott is far more egregious. Okay, so uh, Steven, Steve USC 86. Okay, that's 
that's not going to work. It's like Coke and Pepsi working together. Um, you're not going to do that. It's a year later when UCLA is going to do it. They're not going to try to like hire friends or anything like that. I don't know what that would do. I think the, the important thing is that USC and UCLA, who have been leaders in this conference before, the reason Arizona and Arizona State are in the conference is because the USC and UCLA presidents made it happen. Stanford was dragging their feet saying, no, we're not going to do it. And USC and UCLA back in the 70s says, fine, we'll leave. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll do it. They showed their power back then. We haven't seen that since. So you need leadership. Is Carol Folk going to be that leader? She seems like she can be. You get a strong athletic director who's advocating for what's best for USC and powerful programs in the Pac-12 conference. That's going to be a tremendous help. And I think the same thing over at UCLA. I don't think they need to work together. You just have to hire really good people, not just like, well, here, I guess we should do this. This is the Pac-12 way. You want to be a leader. Dan Weber's talked about that. That's what you need. I think that would help not just USC. It would help UCLA. It would help the entire conference. You need leadership from the powerful programs. And USC hasn't had that by hiring uh, former football players every year, you know, every uh, every cycle for uh, their athletic director. So thanks, uh, Stephen Pasadena, for that question. Let's see. We got, man, we got a bunch of these. This is our friend Joan. Hey, Joan. Uh, she wrote in, I know you guys have been answering questions about injuries. If we all recall, every year we seem to be plagued with injuries. Helton is either snake bit and, and a higher power is telling him something or his leadership does not prepare the player's bodies for battle or both. In any sport, the tendency to injury is because the player isn't physically prepared to withstand the rigors of the sport. Some people are genetically predisposed to injury. Maybe Talano Hufanga has weaker shoulder joints and tissues, so he needs more work to strengthen them, and he uses them with such force that it makes them vulnerable. Uh, some people are, are more risk-takers than others, and some people don't fall well or protect their bodies well. But most of all, it's in the preparation. And as Taylor May said, because of training and repetition, the body gets used to it. I believe that Clay Helton does not prepare them in practice enough through preparation, movement, some tackling and going down as he could. Uh, because we seem to sustain these injuries at a greater rate and depth than most. All the best, Joan. Yeah, so we kind of talked about these already, Joan. Uh, but yeah, Taylor Mays, that's his philosophy. He says, hey, man, I think you should practice harder. It'll be easier. You know, you won't get hurt as much. But we've seen players be in the best shape of their life, prepare better than anybody, and blow out a knee or something. I mean, stuff happens, too. There's There's a randomness to all of this also. So I'm not willing to just say, this is all Clay Helton's fault. I mean, there's got to be some snake bit stuff. Yeah, and maybe some of the stuff you could have prevented. And, you know, if you were trying to prevent it by practicing harder, maybe other guys get hurt. It's hard to say. I'm not going to, you know, I, I've told you before, yes, I think USC needs to go in a different direction, but I'm not willing to just put injuries because there's a bunch of injuries on the uh, uh, and the feet of, at Clay Helton. There's been a lot of programs that have sustained injuries too. But thanks for the email, Joan. Uh, Paul in Gator Country. He's down in Florida, if you don't know what that is. Hello, Peristyle team. Love your show. Keep up the great work. A couple of comments on the Arizona game. First, I love the way the team played, especially all the young guys coming in for the injured players, like the DBs, uh, Max Williams and, he and Hewitt. I'm sure I'm not spelling names correctly, so I apologize to the players. That's okay. We're reading it, so I can read it correctly, even though you didn't spell it correctly. Uh, Kanai was awesome. Kanai Malga is talking about, and he needs to play more. Uh, Keenan Christian, uh, he butchered that name, <laughs> obviously. Yes. The trash, the freshman, uh, tailback, he's been great. I really have no issues with any part of the game and how they played. 
I also thought our kicker could show some of the guys his tackling skills twice. He downed a returner. Yeah, that was cool. I watched the uh, the uh, AU game. What is he talking about here? Does he mean U of A? Uh, and and the crazy injuries. Do you, okay, so I think he's talking about the Arizona game. It's University of Arizona, not Arizona University. Um, and the crazy, you, you should, pre, if you can, and Keely says a lot, proof your emails to us because it's hard. We're just reading them. And if you have all these typos and stuff in there, it makes it difficult to read. Uh, and the crazy injuries. Do you think that the grass slash turf could have been an issue? I saw a guy slip quite a few times like Stephen Carr, and I think it may have contributed. So Shotgun, Spratling, and, and Keely, you were both down there, said, yes, the turf was, uh, was not in great shape. The uh, Rams were playing away. But for some reason, it just wasn't, you know, I, I don't think it's easy to keep two teams on there, but it wasn't in great shape. I don't know if that contributed to the injuries. Again, that's, you know, all kind of random, but I don't think it helped. Um, he said, I do hope the Trojans win out, uh, but would like to see a new coach. I don't think winning the Pac-12 is good enough. He's lost the fans, and you can see by ticket sales. USC has to take into account when making a coaching decision and selling season tickets. Uh, no, I think that's a really good point, too. I mean, it was 52000 or something for homecoming. Um, after two, you know, away games, uh, that's, that's not what you want. You want to get more people out there. It's the newly renovated Coliseum. You don't want to see it half empty. And that's kind of what it looked like, especially early, uh, in that game. And, you know, you spend the money to hire like an urban Meyer, you get that back because it fills up people, more people buying concessions, you know, tickets, all that kind of stuff. Donations go up. You pay for him by just bringing someone like that in. And it says, lastly, I think Taylor Mays is an awesome addition. Love his expertise, insight, and analysis. A plus, Paul from Gator Country. Thanks. Yeah, Taylor doesn't like uh, getting praise or talking about himself. So um, I'll have to pass along that uh, everybody loves him. And he'll be like, oh, I don't care. But that's nice. He's, he's, he's really just, he's a professional. He's just trying to get better at this. He doesn't want to do this and suck at it. He doesn't want to do it just for the, the heck of it. He wants to be a good analyst. And I think he's been doing a good job so far for us. So. Thanks to Taylor. We got one from Frank in Sacramento. He says, Urban Meyer and USC are both crazy if they don't hook up next year. And he gives us eight reasons. One, the Pac-12 is historically weak. True. Uh, two, USC has a great talent ready to go now. True. Three, Alabama to start to 2020 grabs media attention with any reasonable effort, win or lose. That's also true. Four, inconsistent South Division for USC to dominate. Yeah, that obviously Five, Notre Dame and Washington are both at home next year, and USC is a home team lately. Uh, six, a one-loss Pac-12 champ could be in the playoff next year. I don't know why that would be, but a one-loss USC has a much better ch chance than a one-loss Oregon because USC will play like Notre Dame. They'll have a great resume, um, yeah, and they have the pedigree, and so people are willing to be to buy, people are willing to buy a Notre Dame. I mean, a USC team led by Urban Meyer. They're like, a one-loss USC team led by Urban Meyer makes sense to them. They've already led him in, and he won a national championship when he was at Ohio State. Um, it's not the same with uh, Mario Cristobal in Oregon. And so that's, yes, you you get advantages, um, and it would help the Pac-12. Seven, uh, several top recruits would flip to USC as soon as Meyer's announced. I agree. And then eight, season ticket sales would jump up to pay for the new stadium. Frank and Sacramento. Yeah, all good points. It makes financial sense. It makes a lot of sense. But mostly, USC has been doing things that haven't made sense. So you have to put your faith in Carol Fult that she's going to have different leadership, that she will do things that make sense instead of things that don't make sense. Uh, this is from Jared. Uh, he said, this is about the Arizona game. Hey, guys, it's funny. Even when good things happen, like 
Keenan Christen's performance last night, it raises eyebrows about the coaching staff's decision-making. Wouldn't you think that having a player with that speed on the field might have helped against BYU, Notre Dame, or Washington? Were there a few more explosive plays we could have come out on top? Um, it's a pattern uh, with Helton, whether it be Sam Donald in early 2016 or Tyler Vaughn's in early 2017. Helton seemed to have trouble getting great young players out on the field to help the team. Maybe Kristen doesn't even uh, doesn't know every blocking scheme and pass pattern, but I'm sure that didn't stop Pete Carroll and Norm Chow from playing Reggie Bush as a freshman. This is even more ammunition on why Clay needs to go at the end of the year in favor of a coach who can do more with our talented players. I'm interested in your thoughts about this pattern. Thanks, guys, and fight on uh, from Jared. Hey, Jared. Yeah, again, I feel like this is another reason you're looking to try to uh, condemn Clay Helton. Should he have been the number five back and not the number four back ahead of uh, Quincy Jouty? Like, no, probably not. Um, and I think he's someone. Tyler Vaughn's had to redshirt. Uh, you know, it was it was a little slow for him to kind of get the feel for the college game. But after his redshirt year, yeah, he needed to be playing more, and they weren't playing him. I think those some of that stuff's real, you know. But for for Kristen, when you have like a couple of veteran tailbacks in front of you. You have uh, Marquis Step, who everyone else wanted. Um, where were there? There weren't going to be a lot of opportunities for him unless there was some sort of uh, injury, and that's end up what happening. Um, you know, he got kind of thrown in there and showed what he can do. And it was eight. He has eight carries, so I also wouldn't condemn the coaching staff over eight carries. We're going to see more of him at Colorado. Not a great defense. If, you know, does he have another huge game, or does it, is it a little slower to get going? I, I'm not sure. Um, but I, this is one of those things where we talked to, uh, Graham Harrell yesterday about, you know, some of this stuff and, you know, it's, I, I get it. It's not like he's, I mean, he's the fastest tailback, but is he better tailback than the other three guys that were in front of, him? I guess four guys, you could argue that, but, um, I don't know. I'm not sure if he's a better tailback than those guys yet. So could he have like come in and made an explosive play or two? It's like, you got to give him. you can't just put him in for three plays and think you're going to get three long runs. It just doesn't work that way. You got to take carries away from somebody else. Everyone was clamoring for step. I didn't hear anybody asking for, you know, Kristen to play. Now, some people are, they want to see a speed out there. Um, but I, I'm not ready to say, Oh, this is a, another indication of why Clay Helton is not a good head coach. I already told you, I think USC needs to go in another direction, but you don't need to, I don't think you'd have to pile on and, and kind of blame him for things that, you know, make sense. Like I, I don't think it made a whole lot of sense to not, you know, to, he's not in the first three guys. They were mostly playing two guys. You're trying to bring that third guy in. What do you do with a guy like Kristen? If there's an opportunity to redshirt him, maybe you do and bring him in later in games. Now it's, he came in in game seven. He might've showed up more later on. Uh, you know, he might've played the last four games and then you were saw, but injuries forced him in now. I mean, a red shirt seems unlikely. All right. Got one last text message. Uh, let's see. This is from big Rick, uh, from Alder point, AKA the green triangle. He says with the early signing period rapidly approaching, what is USC waiting for? Does the administration not understand or care? Other schools are using the fact that Clay Hilton will be fired as ammunition to steer recruits away from USC. It shouldn't come as a surprise the uncertainty surrounding USC is causing us to have a historically poor recruiting class. Announce Urban now and watch this class jump into the top five. That's from Big Rick. Yeah, Big Rick. So, I mean, that's timing is of the essence because of the early signing period. We've talked about this a lot of times before. USC recruiting is just in a holding pattern. If 
USC makes some sort of run to the Rose Bowl, and there's a, you know an athletic director gets hired and says, Clayton's is a guy for the next five years. I think you see some sort of uptick in recruiting. At least you take away a lot of that uncertainty. And, you know, I, I don't know if you're going to get a lot of guys to switch, but you'll at least shore things up and you'll get some more commits. It's not going to be a big class anyway, but it's still an important class. And like you said, it's historically bad. It's as bad as I've ever seen a USC recruiting class. And I, you know, started covering this team in the 90s. So it's uh, it's not good. Now, if you did make a hire, like an athletic director hire, and make the announcement that Urban Meyer is going to be head coach, yes, uh, instantly recruiting goes through the roof. You can call anyone that's committed anywhere here in Southern California and have a shot. Um, that's what Urban Meyer brings to the table. How much time would he need? I just don't think you can wait too long. So getting the AD in as soon as possible is important. And we don't know the timing of it. We've heard things before. Well, they, they might get someone in the next few weeks, and that was a few weeks ago. And um, so we're just not sure at this point. And I don't know if USC's sure. They're they're doing you know what they can do. But is there a sense of urgency? Uh, I don't think you can hire an athletic director because of one recruited class, so force things along. But you don't need to waste your time or take your too much time either. If you have a good you have a good candidate and they're interested, pull the trigger, hire them, get them in and figure out what you want to do with this football team because it is really important to act quickly and and do something decisively and have good leadership. And that's just something USC has lacked, as you all know, for quite a while now. Okay, that's going to uh, wrap things up. Hope you enjoyed this uh, preview show of USC versus Colorado. Thanks for all the questions you guys sent in this week. We're going to be out flying out on Thursday. Should be a lot of fun out there. In Boulder, curious to see how the Trojans look. Colorado's on a three-game losing streak, like I said, but there could be feisty, and uh, you know they, they've got offensive players. Defense isn't great. They've given up at least 30 points in the last 12 games, so USC's probably going to score some points. Will they be able to shut down uh, Colorado, who's just kind of played poorly on offense? But Steven Montez, LaVisca Chenault, they, they have some weapons, and if they, just for whatever reason, put it together, it could be uh, an interesting show. So... Thanks so much for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast. We really appreciate you listening and being part of the show. We will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 